Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Basinger of Swell Spark. Hi, Matt. Hurts my heart. Why? I thought we were more than that. Continue. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios, joined as always by lovely Miss Jackie Wise. Today's guest is someone that I personally know very well. You don't. So nope. you're going to get to know him along with all the listeners. Very excited. It's Laurent Roy. Laurent is the director of distribution for... You tell me, bro. Jay Rieger & Co. He it's... sells alcohol for a living. Get excited. Laurent, welcome to the show. Ah, glad to be here. Laurent, I am so sorry <laughs> that you have to deal with Andy on a regular basis. I do this weekly or monthly, uh, but daily must be just maddening. How do you do it? He was threatened <clears throat> with termination. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, non-disclosures I had to before I walked in today. Fair. Um, no, it's great. It's uh, it's it's an awesome lifestyle to be able to have and to be able to sell brands like this is pretty cool. So let's, uh, you know, all jokes aside, um, like what what do you do with more granularity, more specificity? Um, really anything that happens outside of that building, that distillery, uh, we're in 28 states. We've just entered three countries, wow. uh, building the team. So right now we have six brand managers that are Jay Rieger employees that either live on the St. Louis or Kansas city side and kind of handle the 11 states around what we like to say, the bullseye, right? The, the, uh, distillery being home base, right? Sure. Um, we have a broker that run pretty much the East coast for us and we're building out from there. So, um, goal is to probably be in 30 States by the end of Q1. And I think that we'll, uh, we'll see how we could do after we get there. So I'm going to ask all the questions today okay. because Andy already knows maybe some of the answers to the questions that he would ask. Well, do you guys <laughs> just want to go ahead? Do you guys want any coffee? Yeah. Could you, <laughs> could you grab something for I'll us? Go get some. I, I would love, you know, one of the things that's been really fun for Andy and I getting to know each other over the last, you know, handful of years is just how, what the similarities that our the businesses have, but also the differences you are in a regulated industry. And so let's back up a little bit. You talk about you're in 30 States. Like, why aren't you in all 50? You know, what does it look like to enter into a new market? Um, and then after you go through that, I want to talk more about your background as well. Sure. Um, so I mean, very loaded question in a way, because when, when prohibition was repealed, one of the one of the things that we put in is really almost states supersede federal in in a very easy way going and each state has their own set of laws um there are control states that are run by the government there are franchise states that once you sign a contract you're locked in with them unless you can make a trade there are open states um so strategically being not not playing on being the local part of what we are, but being accessible to the Kansas City area and be able to tell the story was important first and foremost. Um, then we'll get out to the upper northeast and the upper northwest, right? I think those are really the two places that we haven't touched. Sure. So how did you, you know, Rieger's been around in its newest state for what, seven, eight years now. How did you get involved and when did you get involved with with operations here? Um, so I joined a little over a year ago. Okay. Uh, Andy and I have been working together for almost two years because I was running the distributor um, that uh, we changed over to um, back probably 18, 19 months ago, right? Yeah. As timeline sees running by. Uh, but obviously been Second very- Second quarter of 21? Yeah, that's right. Um, 
so been familiar with the brand, obviously, from the beginning. Uh, my past 26 years running distributors, uh, Florida, Missouri, Kansas. I grew up in New York in the restaurant business, so it's pretty much been in my blood. Uh, and my grandfather, that, one of the things that sold me most as we got, as I got to know Andy is, you know, the, the story is authentic. Um, and I have a history with my mother's dad that, um, in the, in the liquor industry that is second to none. I mean, he was at the Cairo hotel. He invented a drink called the suffering bastard that apparently saved world war two long story, fun story. I'd be happy to talk through it. Um, and I, you know, it just got in my blood as I was around it growing up. And I just, I, I knew that I didn't want to stay in the restaurant business, but I wanted to be somewhere in the same part of the entertainment side of it and the business side of what we do. So Laurent, the restaurant industry is a special place. So you, you mentioned going, you know, growing up in New York, how did you first get involved? Um, and, and at the time, just out of curiosity, was this always thought to be a career path or how did you kind of progress from where you started to where you are now? Uh, you know, I thought I was going to be in the restaurant business. That's what I wanted to do, you know, right out of high school. For, actually, I wanted to play baseball, but then realized that that wasn't going to work. Um, but I did. I had a chance to play college baseball, went to school uh, in upstate New York, uh, restaurant management degree, got a job right out of it uh, in the city and and enjoyed the, the I, I really enjoyed learning the business of the business. And I say that quite often because there's a lot of people think, what we do is just nothing but fun all the time, right? Because we're around people and, and booze and great food. Um, but it's, it's a lot of work. And sometime, I moved to Florida in 1994 from New York to get involved with a restaurant group that ended up being a, a complete disaster. Uh, it's, uh, the, the guy was uh, by hook or by crook. But I uh, loved Florida. My grandparents were getting older. They lived down in Hollandale. I was living in Boca. So I, I stayed in the restaurant business and that's when I started to lose the love for like wanting to be in it, but I knew I wanted to touch it. So I interviewed with the Cisco's of the world, the food companies. I got to know our liquor distributors because uh, I was doing all the buying for the restaurants that I was in. Uh, and I, as I got to know uh, a lot of these distributors, I was like, tell me more about what you're doing. Uh, and as luck would have it, uh, the person who was running the territory for national distributing company, uh, in Coral Springs, she won like some sort of lottery. <laughs> like she won. I mean, it wasn't like life changing money, but it was quitting money. So she quit. <laughs> and the, the DM who used to come into the restaurant all the time said, if you're the serious, district, district manager. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, said, if you're serious, you know, we'd, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, and that's how it started. That was in 99, uh, moved here in Oh two, uh, my ex-wife and our first child, uh, her family was from, basically from here to Nebraska and back. Um, the greatest I, city in the world from, <laughs> from here in Kansas City. There yep. we go. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I got a job with major brands, which is now a breakthrough beverage company. And I was with them for over 16 years, had an opportunity to take a bigger role on the Kansas side with Standard Beverage. Uh, and I was there for about two and a half years. And that's really when Andy and I started spending a lot more time together in the business way and learning more about what his vision was. Uh, I think the, the best thing I can say is I was managing 13,000 different product SKUs, got 400 suppliers, 
never good enough. It, it's just the industry, right? Sales. It's never good enough. There's always the next thing. Sure. Uh, and and the more I got to speak with Andy about what he was building, the more curious I got. And it just so happened they were, we now were in the the go mode, I guess, growth mode. That's and right. uh, how, how do we go from, okay, being a, a nice local brand with a great story and unbelievable liquid to being a relevant brand that's regional and then national and, and now global. Yep. I want to step in here real quick, just for the, the listeners. The liquor industry is so nuanced and everyone just assumes that they're buying a bottle at a store for $40. We get the $40 at J. Rieger & Co. Can you sort of explain how the liquor industry works from a distribution standpoint, both from the brand management side, working for the supplier, then to the distributor and how they have to do their job, how the liquor stores have to do their job, how the restaurants have to do their jobs so that the viewers really get an understanding for how it truly works. Right. So wait, you said we made money? Um, is that how we started this? <laughs> no, I never said that. Okay. I was just checking because I, I, the last balance sheet I checked. No, it, I mean, it's, it's, the everybody has right so excise taxes there's freight there's so what it costs us to make the brand right so we decide what the fob is going to be or what we're going to sell fob means uh free on board. board right what we're going to sell it to the distributor for mm -hmm. then they whatever that state is has an excise tax that's added on to that the freight that it takes them to get there then they put their margin on it uh, and distributors are not shy. They want to make a very good margin. Then it's sold to the liquor store down the block. They add their margin onto it and then we get to go in and buy it off the shelf. So it is not we, a- We being the general customers, right? right yeah. the, the end consumer. Yep. So yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of pieces in it. Um, Technically four, I mean, or five if you count our vendors, right? Right. You have the manufacturer, you have True. the distributor, you have the retailer, and then you have Uncle Sam. You also, um, there's incentives, right, that we pay the salespeople from the distributor mm -hmm. uh, to get peace of mind. Because again, like I mentioned, they have 13,000 different products that they're selling. Some bigger distributors have more, some have less. How do you get their focus? How do, how do you get them to say, this is the brand that I want to sell? Um, and being very regulated, we're not free to light. We can't go buy every end cap at Price Chopper, High V, et cetera. Um, we're not actually allowed to pay for any of the stuff that we do out in the market rather than incentives for the sales rep. So sell X amount of cases, earn Y, you know, um, X amount for every new placement that they make. And then in the restaurant world, which is even more competitive because, you know, let's face it, you go into a, a decent, you know, 25,000 square foot liquor store, there's a good shot that there's a really nice size uh, whiskey selection. You go into even some of the best restaurants, that's cut down by, I'm going to make up a percentage, but by 75% because you don't have the real estate to hold it. So really, how do you, how do, you know, Matt, you walk into a restaurant not knowing what you want. How do I get you with the whether the silent sal silent salesman or by influence, how do I get you to choose Jay Rieger? Andy's been trying to get me to choose Jay Rieger for <laughs> for years. Matt's boring. He doesn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> he cannot be trusted. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to step out at this point and keep going. So, uh, you know, and, and kind of continuing with this conversation, though, you know, so I have a store in Seattle, right? And, and to my understanding, Rieger is currently not 
um, sold in the state of Washington. And so uh, I, I literally just can't, like I can't buy a crate of Rieger and say, hey, can you ship it to my store? We would love to sell it at our Bladen Timber location in Capitol. You Capito. could. So, You'd just be breaking the law. <laughs> right. Sure. So tell me about what that, <clears throat> this is what I was kind of pointing to earlier with this idea of regulation, state regulation. And so for these folks who, you know, maybe former Kansas City folks who are in the Northeast and they're like, I miss this. How do I get it? Um, you know, what, what is kind of that process of, okay, we decide we want to enter the state of Washington. Um, is it just, you're having to deal completely with state government, state regulation? Like how does that kind of world work? So I'm Washington, I, it's not a control state, right? I, that's why I'm, I'm looking at you like that. I'm, no, but that's, like, that's a good nuance is just explaining the difference between right. free state. And so if it's a control state, I believe there's 17 control states left right now. Okay. It's basically government liquor stores. Got it. So you, by all means, we could be in all 17 of those without a broker or a distributor by you, you pay the fee, you get a number, you get listed. And then if that was a control state, you literally would call the government agency and say, I want five cases of, you know, Jay Rieger, Kansas City whiskey. Oh. And they would send us an email and say, hey, we have a customer with a special request. Uh, so that's technically being in the state without being in the state. Sure. Uh, but for open states, really, it's just a matter of finding the right distributor. Uh, and that's not always the easiest thing in the world, right? Because again, like we talked about, we don't want to just be in their portfolio. We yeah. want to be something that that is important. Um, so vetting what, you know, our current distributor mm -hmm. um, list, vetting what they're doing and then looking for new ones is the easy, you know, is, is the way that we would get into uh, markets. Yeah. So back, backing out a little bit, you know, you started with restaurants, you built up to these national or, or regional distributors where you have 1400 SKUs and now you don't right now you're in charge of one brand with, you know, a handful or a couple of handfuls of different products that you're trying to get into these places. How has that been a mindset mindset shift and what have you enjoyed about going to not a small necessarily, but more a brand. Intimate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. It's just more intimate. intimate. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. well, have you met him? Because nothing's done slow, yep. right? So that's number <laughs> one, um, which is a good thing because honestly, we get an idea. There's a few of us that are empowered to figure out what we're going to look like. Um, we get an idea. We like it. It makes sense. Uh, we move fast. And when I say we move fast, we move fast. I, it's one of the things that I love most about what we do. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like my world just got flipped where I had, uh, you know, we talk about the 10,000 pound gorillas, the the top 5% of our industry, the, you know, the, the gallows of the world, the constellations, Diageo's, Pernod, they have wonderful portfolios they're acquiring, but when they're, when they're working with the distributor, they have their finger on the pulse. Like I used to always say, guys, our size right now, we're paying for light bulbs. They're paying for the electricity. So yeah, you need both, but they're the ones that when push comes to shove from top down are going to get uh, the focus on the brands. So my challenge has been, you know, it's, it's really been flipped. It's now, you know, wow, that guy's not calling me back. Or I called the distributor and she's like, I have no time for you. Uh, whereas if it was Jim Beam calling, they'd be like, so yeah, what do you need? Sorry, we'll be right there. Um, so that's really been, uh, for me, the biggest challenge of managing multiple states, knowing, learning the laws in each of the states. Um, the nuances. It, so we, we've been talking about this 
as we look at 2023 and behind of what that structure looks like and having a voice that is really involved in that state or in that region that knows what's going on to be able to share data with us so then I could build a strategic plan and then we could move out. Um, that's really what the next play is, if that answers. Well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. Essentially, it's just completely convoluted. And <laughs> yeah, so coming out of Prohibition, the one thing that he was dancing around the whole time was Prohibition ended in 1933 and every state was allowed to exit Prohibition however they wanted to. Some states didn't even allow alcohol to come back into their state for years or even decades afterwards. The state of Kansas was one of those. 1985, right? was the first brewery in Kansas post-prohibition. But in terms of just even having alcohol to buy at a liquor store, that was was after World War II when Kansas did that. And that's actually the reason why for the people in Kansas City, if you know Mission Hills Country Club and Carriage Club, they used to be conjoined. And if you notice that the clubhouse in Carriage Club is on the Missouri side and the golf course for Mission Hills is on the Kansas side, the members split the club because they wanted to be able to drink. And in order to get the, be able to do the whole drinking thing, they had to have them as separate entities. I mean, I wasn't even here, but I mean, it, was, it wasn't too long ago that you needed a, a club card or something to get into a bar in Kansas, yeah. right? That, I mean, it wasn't just free flow like uh like we could on this side of the state. But, but the last fascinating thing on that is, you know, Laurent talked about control states and these control states are ones in which, I mean, he talked about the liquor store aspect, but they're all allowed to do it however they want. And control state just means the government has some form of control beyond regulating the free market. And so some of them own, like in Iowa, they own 100% of the distribution rights in the state of Iowa. So literally when Laurent says we need more booze, they don't call and say, hey, we're running low on gin up here in Iowa. Laurent has to go in once a week, check the inventory system to see where they are at, and then say, ah, oh, we need to submit a purchase order on behalf of ourselves. Then we need to ship it up there ourselves, take care of all the freight shipping, and then they hold it in consignment until it gets ordered from stores or restaurants. What I'm hearing you say is that the government is awesome. And... <laughs> We love that they control your company so much. You are correct. <laughs> Laurent, we, we, we're going to get down a rabbit hole if we continue on that yes. uh, conversation <laughs> piece. And so we won't, um, you know, to start wrapping this up, uh, one, thank you for sharing a little bit more just about how the industry works, because I, I, I find it so fascinating. But to turn it completely away from business here for a second as we wrap up, I have one more question for you. Sure. What's the coolest thing that you have ever done? And you can't say kids and you can't say working with Andy because we all know that's a lie. <laughs> working with Lucy? No, do we take that on <laughs> the other side? No, keep it in the family yeah, or with that. Pepper? That's great. You know, any one of those yes. in there. Um, Pepper's no. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, I, we talked about it before on air of that. And I started going through um, all the things I've been fortunate enough to do in this world. Um both because of the industry and some family members who, and stuff along the world. But I have to think one of the coolest things I got to do, we were playing golf in Newcastle in Ireland. Um, and we were playing 36 holes at Royal County Downs. We were due to play Port Stewart, which is two and a half hours North Ireland. Um, and by the way, we had been there for three days, 16 of us. I don't have to tell anybody uh, what state we were all in at this point right now you were in the state of ireland <laughs> i'm not sure this is a this 51st is, yes, state of ireland could yes. be very well um and one of my brothers in the banking world finance world one of his brokers 
it was a good time for him. And he's like, I'm not going on a bus. I'm not getting on another bus for two and a half hours. So we come down the 18th and I kid you not, five choppers land on the, like almost like Normandy on the beach of the Newcastle hotel. All people are coming out like who, what is going on here? They took our clubs and our bags, threw it on the bus. We jumped in the five choppers up, landed in the Bushmills Inn, had dinner there. Club showed up at Port Stewart the next day. I don't remember anything else. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's, that's got to be one of the coolest things I've got to do. Yeah. And I want to have done that. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was also at the game that the ball went through Billy Buckner's legs uh, in 1986 when Dang. the Mets won the World Series. So Dang. to me, that that's probably on the personal side, but that's not as cool as the helicopters. Yeah. Yeah. Laurent, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, the Jay Rieger & Co. Distillery, if you're familiar with them, and of course, Swellspark. Uh, grateful for you sharing some of your time with us today, sharing a little bit about what you do. And um, obviously, wish you continued success as you continue to help uh, grow uh, what Rieger is doing, not just here in Kansas City, but around the world. Did you, are you going to start drinking now because of this? You know, I will consider it and I'll get back to you in a couple of years. Tell the <laughs> listeners what you've said that your first drink will be, though. It's absolutely, if, if there's a first drink, it's going to be Rieger. No question. When there's a first drink, that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for, uh, for letting me speak a little bit here today. Absolutely. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you.